Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. If you just joined us recently, welcome. Um, if you're online, welcome. And great to have you with us today over the last few months of this year uh, to the end of 21. We, we have um, uh, taken on a focus we didn't want to complicate it. We've kept it very simple. I think the last 18 months has been complicated enough, don't you? Uh, get back to basics. Get back to Christianity and who we are. We've focused on four areas that make a believer. One is foundation, family, Holy Spirit, and mission. And uh, today, today we're looking at foundation. And I really want to establish something powerful in your hearts today, something powerful, something that you will take away that will change your life from this day on. And I know it will because it's out of the Word of God. Um, as you know, I never came from a Christian home. And uh, so I was living out the plan that the previous generations had set up for me. Right, because that, that's all I knew. Right, mum and dad were like that, Uncle Fred and, and Auntie Betty or whatever, they're all like that. And I just followed suit in the same plan that was laid out for me. Now, I know that there are, you know, we're all individuals and, you know, free spirits and we make up our own minds and we, we, we make our own destiny. But, you know, we would be, we would be fools to think that the culture and the attitude and the prejudices of the generations that have gone before us hasn't had a huge influence on the way that we think and the way that we act. Now, we don't deliberately do it. It's, it's, it's ingrained in us by the generations that have gone before. The plan that they worked under has been ingrained into us without us really even knowing. I mean, one day a husband and wife at Christmas Day are having a Christmas dinner. All the family, the generations are over. And, uh, you know, uh, the wife's got this topside roast and she's about to put it in the pan and she cuts the end off the roast. And the husband's like, honey, why, why did you cut the end off the roast? Just put it in the pot. And she said, well, I, I don't really know. She said, mum always did that. And he went, oh, okay. Of course, mum's there for Christmas Day. And he goes and sees mum and he says, hey, mum, um, you know when you make your, your roast, your topside roast and that, why do you cut the end off the roast? And she went, oh, I don't know. Um, my mum used to do that. And so he said, well, hey, Grandma's here, let's ask her. Grandma, hey, you know when you used to do your Christmas roast and that, why did you cut the end off the roast before you put it in a pot? And she said, oh, it's very simple. She said, I only had a small pot. <laughs> so you can see that over the generations, we can be doing stuff, right? We don't even know why we do it. We just do it. It's instinctive because that was the plan that has been established for us to follow. 
This happens in religious families as well. We have traditions that are repeated without any understanding of why we even do it. Is that true? If we're honest. You know, we, we do stuff that, you know, over, I've been a Christian over 40 years now. I look back and I used to do stuff I thought was absolutely biblical. I would have gone to war over it and I don't believe it today. Some think all they have to do is come to church and not do bad things and it'll be okay. Well, it's a good start. I, I grant you that. But God has a better plan for you than that. God has a better plan for you than that. And that's what I want to talk about today, the better plan. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. It says this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes. Three things. Three things I want to look at today. Three things that the better plan does for you. One is that you'll be equipped. You'll be equipped, verse 11 and 12 there, it talks about, you know, Christ himself set the plan in place, set the structure in place. All these people are there to equip us, to teach us so that the body of Christ may be built up. And I love this about the church. I love this about the church. Not only does God give you a better plan, but he also positions you so that you can be equipped to be able to fulfill the better plan. Amen. Who knows it's far better fulfilling a better plan than just having one. I love that about God. I love that about coming to church. It's the first thing I noted when I came to church. They had a plan to succeed. They had a plan for you to do it better. They had a plan for you to have a fulfilled life. That was never a part of my generational plan. See, my generational plan was, was laid out for me, and my, my parents were totally dysfunctional. Totally dysfunctional. It was totally self-centered. I had alcoholic parents that, you know, every thought was about how could they continue to drink. That was really the, the, the whole plan that they had, was to continue to drink. Mum and Dad both worked, which back in that era was, was strange. You know, back in that era, era the men worked and, and, you know, Mum stayed home and looked after the kids, you know, which would have been a good idea because my mum had seven. I mean, we were perfect kids, Donna, weren't we? From my memory, my recollection. But she went off to work. They rented a house all of their lives. They rented a house 
left no inheritance for their children, except an old caravan. Remember that old van? Valued at about $1,000 total. A total sum of two lives' work. And that was the plan that was laid out for me. And I lived it to the full, (laughs) sadly. I lived it to the full. Why? Because that was the plan. That's all I knew. I just followed the plan. Till I came to church. Till I came to church and I heard what Jesus said in John 10.10, my favourite scripture, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. This is what Jesus said. He said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Just reading that one scripture alone, my plan sucked. I wasn't living life to the full. I was barely getting out of bed in the morning. And that thief, I knew that thief. He visited our house a lot when I was a kid. And he took everything. He took everything of any value. He engineered his plan right through my generations. But no more. No more. God was equipping me to achieve a better plan. A better plan. Don't you love Jeremiah 29, 11? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Who knows? That's a good plan. That's a better plan than the one I had. Self-destruct by 50. That was my plan. And I was doing all right. I was on schedule. Now I came to church. I remember walking into that place, Southside Christian Renewal Centre, back in the day. I think it was 1980. Walked into that church and I actually saw these families that were happy. And it was so foreign. I thought, these parents are actually talking to their kids. What's that about? I saw husbands and wives that actually looked like they were happy and most were. I'd never seen that. Never seen that, ever. And, I, and you know, I remember saying this, it never forget me, it's just in my brain. I remember thinking, I want that. I want that. I don't know how to get it. Don't know the first way to start, but gee, I want that. What was it? A better plan. It was a better plan. And you know, it's funny that, that you know, And I've pastored for a long time now, so I've seen the mentality and the attitude. Some Christians think they're doing God a favor, turning up the church. It's like, yeah, well, I've ticked the box. You happy? 
I'm here once a month. You good? We good? Some people sit and debate in the morning about, you know, you know, oh, well, gee, will we go today? You know, we've got this beautiful day, <laughs> surf's up. We live on the Gold Coast, flip. We go to church, really? I don't get it, folks. I don't get it. I love it. I love coming here. I was here at 6.30 this morning. Hate being late. <laughs> Drives down nuts. Drives down nuts. We bring two cars. Actually, it saved our marriage. <laughs> I'll tell you straight. I'll tell you straight. I'm a guy that if you're not 20 minutes early, you're 10 minutes late, right? That's me. I, I love that. Anne likes to pace herself of a morning. You know, because perfection. And she achieves it. But a little slower than I achieve perfection, right? A little slower. And uh, so <laughs> we saved our marriage by taking two cars. <laughs> now, I know it's extra fuel, and forgive me, ozone, but it's extra fuel, but, you know, it's, it's cheaper than a divorce, <laughs> right? So for the last 40 years, <laughs> we go to church in two cars. Brilliant, brilliant strategy. <laughs> Kept us together. Do you know what? I love coming here. I love it. I love it. You know, it has taught me so much. It has helped me so many ways. You know, it's enabled me to be able to, to, to get rid of that old plan and to put in place a better plan, a better plan. And my generations, they don't have the old plan. They got the new one. And they're off to a far better start than I ever have. And that's the way it should be. I love it. I love coming to church. I want that life to the full that Jesus promised. And I've told you before from this pulpit, I remind him often. I remind him often. He said it, right? The second thing about this better plan is you get to be mature. Now, in verse 13, it says, Until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is the goal, folks. This is the goal. This is the, the, the key to the better plan. The key to the better plan. Everything hinges on us becoming mature. Everything hinges on that. Maturity is, is so underrated. It's so misunderstood. Some people think maturity is an option. It's not an optional extra. It's the goal of Christianity that I may become mature, lacking nothing. That's a better plan. You're very quiet. You all right? Maturity's got nothing to do with age. It's got nothing to do with age. My definition of maturity is when you accept responsibility. That's when maturity comes, when you accept responsibility. I look back at a generation before me where fathers went off to war and the eldest son would take over the, the responsibility of the house. 
Didn't matter what age he was. And maturity came quickly. Maturity came quickly. As soon as you accept that responsibility for family, maturity came at any age. You leave the security of a well-paid job and go out and start your own business. And maturity comes quickly. Why? Because you're the one responsible for everything. You're the one that has to get up. You're the one that has to go over the top. You're the one that has to, you know, make everything work so that, you know, people's lives are blessed because of it. They get paid. Maturity is, is losing the victim mentality and taking on the responsibility for a better plan. That victim thing is just immature. It's just immature. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. See, most people think that tithes and offerings is about money. It's not. It's about maturity. It's about maturity. It's about taking responsibility. See, where do you go on the planet where it doesn't cost somebody something? Is that fair? Where do you go on the planet that, that it doesn't cost somebody something? Now, you may not pay it. You might get away free, but it still costs somebody else. Is that true? And maturity says, no, no, I get to a point where I start to pay my own way. I take the responsibility of that. I remember, you know, as a kid, I, my first job, um, I think I got $26 a week. And that wasn't because I wasn't any good. That was the wage. And I remember coming home, and mum took 50% like that. Why? Because if I'm earning a wage, I pay my way. I pay my way. I had to pay. I had to pay board. I was fourteen. Fourteen, I got my first job, and half of that went straight to mum. Now she probably drank it, but the principal was there. Started to learn about responsibility. You pay your own way. You go to a sporting event. You pay. You go to a, 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 a show in the city. You go to a theme park. It's not free. Who knows that? It's not free. But somehow we've got this mentality that church is. Now, it's free for all to come, but it's not free for us to function. Is that fair? And that's God's plan for the church, it's been that way the whole time. The, 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 those who are mature take on responsibility 
and God achieves the mission, the reason we exist. Is that fair? I mean, that's just life, folks, whether you like it or not. You're very quiet. You all right? Because mature people understand responsibility. I mean, you think about it. Some people give more to Gloria Jeans in a week. I'll have that. I'll settle for that. Just give me your coffee money and I'll feed the hungry. I will. I'll save lives in India. I can do it. The plan's in place. We can feed thousands and thousands and thousands of people just with your coffee money. Amen? Give it to Joey. Where's Joey Noonan? Man, there's Joey. Do you want it, Joe? I'll give you half. <laughs> I tell you, Joey, Joey will, will attack domestic violence on the Gold Coast. You give me your coffee money? Amen? That's how it works, folks. Somehow we have this, this mental thing of, oh, the church doesn't need your money. The mature understand responsibility. And third, this, this better plan makes you strong. You can be strong. Look at verse 14. Then we look no longer, then we will no longer be infants, tossed backwards and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the, the cunning and the craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes. Sounds a bit like the six o'clock news, don't you think? I've stopped watching it, serious. I've stopped watching it. I don't know what's real anymore. Maybe this. Be strong. The days of being a sucker are over. They're over. No more being, being conned into being whatever everybody else wants you to be. Being conned into that. It's over. We spend so much time and money trying to be the person that the world says that we should be. Trying to live up to some ideal or live up to, to some image, only to find out that it's it's hollow. It's all for nothing. I remember the book of Acts where Peter and the apostles were thrown into jail for, for peach, preaching about this better plan. They were preaching about this better plan and that God had for humanity, and they were thrown into prison and and there was this Pharisee named uh, Gamaliel. They called him Gammy for short. <laughs> Unfortunate, but. And Gammy was honoured, you know, by the people. And he gave some good advice in Acts chapter 5, verse 38 to 39. He says, therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. Listen. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against 
God. Hey, that's a good place to be. That's a better plan. I'm telling you today, if your whole life is following this world's plan, then you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to end up hollow and empty and shaking your head and going, what's it all about? But if you follow the God plan for your life, if the better plan, then you'll only get stronger. You'll only get stronger. They won't, you won't be messed with. You won't be pushed this way and that way and, oh, this is happening. Oh, oh, what about that in the world? Oh, what about, you know. That's not living. That's fear. That's confusion. That's emptiness. It's shallow. It's hollow. He's got a better life for you than that. He's got life to the full. Nothing can defeat you or take you down. You know, I've been doing this a long time. And uh, I've seen people over the years, many people, trying to do it their way. And, and they add God on the side like it's a, you know, get out of hell free card. You know, sort of, we're doing it our way, but, you know, hallelujah. Um, I've got to tell you, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, folks. But if you will embrace the better plan that he has for you, embrace the better plan that he has for you, everything gets better. Everything gets better. You, you begin to live with purpose. You're, you're excited about getting up in the morning and you make an eternal difference. There's, there's value in your life, value in who you are because of him. That's a better life. That's a better plan. I tell you, I've lived both, folks. This one works. This one will save your kids, your grandkids, your marriage. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your, your heart through your word toward each and every one of us. Lord, you do want us to succeed, not fail. You want us to be fulfilled, not empty. The thief does all that stuff. You've got a better plan, a better plan. And Lord, if we're mature, we'll take a hold of it. We'll run with it. We'll build it. We'll champion it. It'll become who we are. And we will never lose. Never lose. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning.